if something like this happens, having a process in place to get everything documented, who to contact, get everything processed and keep it moving. So again, this is probably the worst of the worst stories. This probably yeah. trumps mine if it's not close. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to a very unique and special Halloween episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What is going on, E? Oh, man, it's going to be a spooky episode. And I'm really excited <laughs> because we had this idea a little while back and I was like, I am so looking forward um, to, first of all, seeing all the stories from our our people, right? Like we we put out this in our Facebook group. So if you're not part of their Facebook group, go join. And then we put it out there. And so many people have sent us messages telling us their horror stories. Um, so I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And we, we wanted to do this episode because <clears throat> a lot of the time, no matter what business you're in, you're always going to have hiccups. There's always going to be issues. I don't care what anybody says. There's always ups and downs. That's just life. But the defining factor for success is honestly how you handle those, what you learn from them, and how to pivot and adjust your business to improve going forward. So there were a couple stories in here that I've had in my Rolodex. I don't think I've ever told anyone other than E that were like, oh my God, I was cringing when I was thinking about sharing them. And uh, I thought more about it and I'm like, <clears throat> I'm doing the listeners a disservice if I do not share these stories because there were there were powerful lessons that I learned and things that I did to improve my business on the back end of those as humiliating as some of those stories are. So I'm going to get real vulnerable today with you guys. Hope you guys are cool with that. Um, don't bust my chops too much, but at the end of the day, you know, these are, these are important things to hear and to learn from. So I'm just going to pull up our Facebook group. If you guys haven't joined the free Facebook group, I highly encourage you to do that. So we live stream all of our podcasts into this group so you can watch them live a couple of weeks before they come out. And you can actually ask our guests your questions. So it's your opportunity to engage with all of our amazing guests that we have, get your questions answered, and interact with the community. E and I do a bunch of different live trainings in here. We're always posting new content, and it's completely free. So go to facebook.com slash strentalsecrets. Uh, excuse me, facebook.com slash groups slash strentalsecrets. And we'll all include that link in the show notes so that you guys can check that out. So I am just going to pull up the group here and go and find that post because there were a couple couple doozies in here. And also I pulled a bunch from my mastermind group from some of my students that have a bunch of units now and some of their stories, which were, which were interesting to say the least. And uh, again, we asked every single person that contributed to make sure that you include whatever the story is. And then what were your lessons learned from that story? So the first one that I will pull up here is from Ken. I'll save E and I's for last. We'll let the suspense build a little bit because we got some good ones. We'll save those to the end. 
So actually, we'll go with with Mike first. So Mike is one of my mastermind students. He's been in our group since March, and he's got five properties now. He's making about ninety five hundred a month uh, from those properties, and three of them are short term, and then two of them are long term. So he's got a fourplex and then a single family. The single family is absolutely crushing it. Um, so he said, and this is for his four family that he just closed. He said. <laughs> My crazy next door neighbor screamed at my wife and I for trying to make a quick buck by purchasing the four unit next door and turning two of them into short-term rentals. She proceeded to drunkenly yell at us with other comments about how the whole neighborhood was against us. She then called and emailed the city 15 times in two days about us. The city told her to kick rocks. My wife and I nicely put a one pager of what we do, our security enhancements and the work we do for the community in her mailbox. She hasn't been an issue since. So the lesson learned <laughs> was that uh, you want to always be professional, right? So it's easy to let your ego get in the way and get into a screaming match. And that's, that's never going to do anything. So you always want to be professional. And when you have neighbors that are concerned about what you're doing, you want to have a one or a two pager that you can give to them. That'll include your contact info, all the different security processes that you have in place, whether you're using noise aware, security cameras, the Wi-Fi locks, basically giving them peace of mind that you have eyes and ears on that property all the time. And just letting them know like, hey, you know, we do this professionally, like we know what we're doing, but if there's any issue ever, here's my personal cell phone. If you ever have an issue, just give me a call. You know, we wanna be good neighbors and you know, this is what we do. So again, don't let your ego get in the way of your wallet. Always make sure that, uh, that you're professional, have your procedures and a little one or a two pager in place to just give them comfort that like, you're not just some schmuck that's just trying to make a quick buck and you don't know what you're doing and you're going to cause mayhem in the neighborhood. Yeah. And, and for my co-hosts that are listening, this is a great opportunity for you based on the neighborhood you're in to find yourself new clients. And I've done this in the past. I have a, a, a house that has other houses similar to it and the whole neighborhood kind of does vacation rentals. There is a lot of them there. So what I did, I went to give that letter in person to the houses next door on each side and just showed up. And I'm, I am given, I'm very comfortable kind of doing this, you know, but like I showed up and I was like, Hey, this is my company. We manage the property next door. This is my cell phone number. If you ever need anything. And I know you also do it because I saw your house there. So if you're ever running into problems or you need somebody to professionally manage your house, we'll be more than happy. And we'll show you how great we are with how well the house next door is going to run. Uh, it's going to cause you guys no issues. Love that. Love yeah. that. So you go forward with a problem. If you know you might have problems, don't run away from them. Embrace them because <laughs> then you can't, you know, if you're telling the narrative, that always helps. Yep, Absolutely. Next one is from Ken. Ken is up in, I believe, Saskatoon. So as I like to joke, the middle of nowhere, Canada. Uh, he had a guest who left two burn marks in the flooring, which she said was from cooking. One was pretty deep, so I used wood filler and stain to repair. Worse, she tried to wash the duvet cover in the washing machine. The washing machine is not full size, and the duvet cover became entangled in it. She left it there, and it had to be cut out. We got 250 for her efforts. So they got 250 bucks from billing her back through Airbnb. Lesson one, although we don't own the unit, it's always a good idea to keep a few extra planks of flooring. <laughs> Lesson two, put a note on the washer stating not to wash duvet covers or blankets or comforters in the unit. Uh, 
So again, I think it's about communicating expectations. So if you've got like a, a mini washer and dryer in there, letting the guests know that this is not to launder linens, like they can wash a load of their clothes, letting them know that we actually take our laundry off site to a professional cleaning service. So mm-hmm. do not put any of the, the larger items in the washer and dryer, just like you did. Um, but again, like if you have a good process in place, your cleaners notify you of any damaged items. You just submit the claim to the guest. If they deny it, then it goes to Airbnb and you work it out with them and the guest and you get your, uh, you get your compensation. So, yeah. And, and this is also for you to remember the better your house manual is and the better your rules are, the easier it is. Cause also understand based where you are. I get a lot of people in South Florida that come from out of the country. So they are not used to our washing machine, our dryers. Most countries outside the U.S. don't have dryers, right? So they're like, how do we use this, right? Like, so it's very simple to just kind of think about that ahead of time. And then you learn from the lessons. Like I had a lady come and put um, dish soap in the dishwasher. Oh. In right? the washing machine? In the dishwasher. Okay. So she put normal oh. Dawn this soap in the thing and then she calls us screaming that there is soap all over the house right <laughs> but then again you just we have little signs now that says this are for the dishwasher this is for hand washing dishes and then that problem never happens again love it love it and one one little tip again if you as far as coming up with a process for your cleaners and for damages always make sure that your cleaners take photos of the property when they're done and take photos of any damaged items and have them use an app that will timestamp those photos with the date and the time that they took them and have them send them to you immediately. So that as soon as you get those photos, then you go in through Airbnb, you hit request money from the guests, you include those photos, you include a link to either the receipt that you paid for them or the exact same item on an Amazon or wherever so that you can justify your price. So basically you're building a case. So here's the damages that were done using these photos. Here's the exact item that I'm gonna to need to purchase to fix it or repair it or replace it. And here's the price of that item. And then when you send those components off to Airbnb, it actually gives them all the tools they need to go back to the guests and say, hey, you caused this damage. Here's how much it costs to replace. The host is requesting this much, just pay it. So make sure that you have that process in place. Next, we've got Holly. So she's got she's got a few stories in here. Okay. So Holly's got a bunch of units uh, up in Canada. And let's see. She says, I'd have to say the biggest horror, sto- horror story was probably last November. At the time, I had four units. And on one weekend alone, I had claims in three out of the four of them. Well, my focus is medical stays. For whatever reason, that weekend, I was fully booked all regular non-medical bookings. Out of the four reservations, one was uneventful. The second home had a group of four guys staying. Right before checkout, some disagreement caused a full-out brawl. Blood everywhere, broken furniture, about $450 worth of broken furniture, and damages to doors and doors frames. There was a hassle of repairs quickly, of course, and putting in a claim. The third home, supposed to be a guy's parents coming to to town to visit him he wanted a nice place to impress them he failed to mention the actual reason was a birthday party for his girlfriend when i confronted him he said that the other host turned him down as soon as he told them about the party so he decided to just lie so another claim for a lot of extra cleaning and i dinged him as per my house rules for the extra nine people who were there overnight not a big deal just a hassle and of course those claims are incredibly time consuming fines and extra guest fees and cleaning fees meant a claim of 750 dollars that she got 
Mm. Fourth home, that was the one that literally made the news. Eight police cars, an Air One police helicopter, reporters, several over $12,000 worth of damages to my beautiful newly renovated property. This one, a young girl made the booking. Again, she lied about everything, the reason, intent. Once she arrived, she put the word on social media and very quickly over 200 kids showed up. Things escalated quickly. They took a machete to my couches. Jesus. Chairs, love seat, beds, bedding, threw knives into my drywall through the house, punch holes in my ceiling, vandalized bathrooms. When I arrived, girls were all huddled in my ensuite bathroom shooting up drugs. It was a mess. What? Thankfully, my house rules were airtight to ease point. By that time, I had enough previous incidents to fine tune things and protect my assets. Mm-hmm. Months previous, my patients, policies, and procedures had all been tested to the limit. So when th- all, this all happened in one weekend, I was fed up and not going to get the same runaround. I went straight to the top. By morning, <clears throat> the head office of Airbnb was calling me, and I was on the phone with Airbnb's top host security people in Dublin, England, and I'm happy to say all three claims were paid out without question. Lessons learned, I listen to my gut a lot. I'm super focused on my target guests. I've changed my messaging and my listings around a lot. I'd rather have a vacancy than a bad guest. I'm unapologetic about being relentless in my screening. More than anything, I'm focused on attracting my target guests, and I have no problem telling someone my listing isn't suited for them. By saying no more, I've actually gotten more bookings. As well, the bookings I'm getting are a much higher percentage of who fit my ideal guest profile. Mm. Wow. Hang on. I'm not. You're not done. On me. Oh, wow. Yeah. There is more. Yeah. No, this is good. This is really good. Because again, it's like. Uh, my why makes this adventure worth it. Not easy. Some days are downright super difficult, but I wouldn't change it. Every step gets me closer to my mission of serving more families who need a place to stay near the hospital or cancer treatment facility. Since that weekend, I've been able to help so many more individuals and families going through a medical emergency of some kind. I can't imagine if I would have quit or shut down during COVID. Through COVID, they've needed my homes more than ever. I'm happy to say my medical bookings have increased substantially and recent connections have me looking for more units ASAP. So this is raw, real, and honest. And I super appreciate Holly for sharing this because a lot of people would have thrown in the towel over something like this. She had a very strong why. So she operates near a bunch of hospitals and she primarily serves kids that are going through cancer treatment. So she's got a super powerful mission behind her. And she's learned over the last year, year and a half, how to tighten up those policies. So if something crazy like that happens, right, where party starts going down, she's using all the devices. So she shows up, she shuts it down immediately. There's a bunch of damage. She knows how to process all those claims, get fully reimbursed for everything. No questions asked. It's just understanding if something like this happens, having a process in place to get everything documented, who to contact, get everything processed and keep it moving. So again, this is probably the worst of the worst stories. This probably yeah. trumps mine if it's not close. Yeah. So, close. I mean, I'm I'm mostly super shocked that this all happened in Canada. Like, I didn't think Canadians had it in them to get a machete and attack a couch. Um, but the, the other thing that is amazing, and and this is one of my rule of thumbs always throughout all these years, is is you gotta listen to your gut when it comes to when it comes to guests and that's something that you fine-tune over time and what she said about saying no to people we say no to people all the time Mm -hmm. because you know 
when you know that it's a good guess and you know when you know it's a good fit. You got to start listening listen to that, you know, and then at the beginning, you know, you want to make the money to recover costs, but understand that over time, actually building that discipline of, first of all, trusting your gut and creating the systems and the questions, right? Don't be afraid of asking questions. Yeah. We ask every guest, what, yeah. what's, what brings you to the area? Who's going to be staying at the property? And you know what's if, funny? If it doesn't add up, just keep questioning. It's, yeah. it's your property. But the super sketchy ones that I get the gut feeling when you ask that question. So our smart BNB responds automatically, right? So they get the question and they don't answer and then we'll re-ask it and they just go away. Yeah. Because they don't want to answer questions because they know that it's not. So just by asking their questions, you already kind of get rid of a lot of people. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Holly. That was amazing. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, let's see. There are a couple other small ones that I wouldn't necessarily call horror stories. You want to share yours, E, and then I'll share a couple of mine. I mean, so as you guys know, I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, my apartment's mostly located in South Florida, but not like Fort Lauderdale, Miami kind of party crowd. Um, so our guests tend to be older families. So usually not a lot of bad things happen. Um, but we've had our, our couple things. Um, and unfortunately, some of those things, the lessons there's just been like, just trust your gut feeling a little bit more, right? So we had this one couple come and they were very intense, right? They came, they were actually like a walk-in because before COVID, we used to have a walk-in office. So you could just come and rent an apartment. And they were very, just this kind of very abrasive kind of like vibe to them. But it was in the summer and we needed rentals, right? And they're like, yeah, we're going to take a place for two or three months. We just sold the house. We're moving to another house. Perfect. End of week one, the complaints are from the tenant. And then they start yelling and screaming at each other. And then they start throwing things at each other. So we have found around the house, we found like remotes. So they used to throw remotes at each other. One broke through one of the windows and made it all the way to the outside. And then the cops had to be called and he had to get escorted out. And the entire time, I was like, you're an idiot. You knew, like you had, <laughs> you had this gut feeling that this was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you had this gut feeling, but then not asking enough questions was my issue there, right? And I just kind of went with it. And also be very careful if you do meet people in person, the beauty with Airbnb is that you get to kind of see their reviews and everything else. In my particular instant, I couldn't see their reviews, right? So when you can see the reviews and you actually meet somebody in person, just be mindful of who they want you to think they are, right? Because mm. there's a lot of people that are really good at doing this, right? Like they'll, they'll appear in a certain way, get in, and then it becomes very, very complicated to get them out. Um, and then other stuff are just people being very dirty over the years. Like I've, we have seen some people being really, really filthy from like doing cleanings that we found like whole slices of pizza underneath the bed, Ugh. you know? two people having two cars parked in our parking lot and using just one of them the entire time they were here on vacation and changing their kids in the car and throwing the dirty diaper underneath the car that they leave parked on the property. And then when they left, we had 20, 30 diapers 
full of shit underneath this 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 spot there used to be a car you right? can't even make that up no and like you you don't like understand you parked in front of your apartment why are you changing the kid in the car and why are you throwing the diaper underneath the car like it just doesn't you know doesn't make sense mm. but even there like just going having system and procedures like mike said and being super strict with our cleaning making sure that people pay the cleaning fee you know what i mean charge it up front and then if if they go above normal wear and tear take pictures send them in because you also have to like educate people to what the requirements and and what our our community is all about i think airbnb as a community of hosts and travelers we want to kind of have this sense that we take care of each other right like i'll take care of your property you take care of me as a guest and that's the mindset behind it so that has to be you have to weed people out from that with systems and reviews and everything else absolutely absolutely and i think a lot of not a lot, but some of the issues that you might have are a little different as far as getting people out or really dirty because you're doing midterm stays a lot of the time. You're getting yeah. like seasonal rentals. Yeah. So if somebody might be there two, three, four months, you know, and you do, what is it? Weekly cleans or weekly? So we used to do before, before COVID, we used to do yep. weekly cleaning service. And that was one of our system that we had in place that it made, it did cost us a little bit of money, but in the long term it made our turnover a lot easier. And then it allowed us to keep an eye on the property to also get an idea once we do the turnover, what, what's needed. Um, but at the same time, it was a very expensive um, way of like looking after, after people. So I'm actually very glad that this whole COVID situation happened because it allowed me to switch that out of the business model. So our overhead when it comes to cleaning has become a lot better. And then we just have tighter systems up front when people come in. So a lot of the times you may be doing a system and that was my, that is my fault always is that I think of systems that sometimes are too complicated and sometimes very not cost effective just because I'm not great at systems, right? Like that's just how my mind works. And then I had a hard time pivoting. So being able to pivot quickly has been such a huge part of my growth over this last couple of years. Also, has this business has kind of picked up and I had somebody like Mike that is my advisor, right? Like me and Mike, half of the time we talk about shit that's going on with our properties and we're like, how do we make this better, right? So having an, our community, you know, like the people that like comment in our community and share their stories, you learn from people and then you just have to be good at pivoting this is your success in this business is can you get feedback from your experiences pivot make the system better and optimize it yeah absolutely and just one piece of advice especially for folks that have like a vacation rental that they own that has like sentimental value one piece of advice that i always give people is depersonalize the house don't put anything in there that like you'd be devastated if it broke right so if there's like some sentimental painting or some art or something just don't even put it in the listing if you're going to rent it out because stuff breaks, whether it's malicious or not. Like a lot of the time, it's just an accident. You know, you've got a kid running around, he knocks something off the wall, it breaks. If you're getting, you know, art from home goods or whatever, or a piece from TJ Maxx, like, okay, great. It costs you 40 bucks. You could bill it to the guest and you keep it moving. Don't put your 
$10,000 painting that like your great, great grandfather painted, you know, during the civil war or something like in a property, right? Yeah. Understand that this property, you could own a vacation house that actually pays you to own it. So there's trade-offs to make. So just understand that going in and treat it like a business, have those processes in place or hire a professional manager or co-host to manage it for you that has those systems in place. So a couple stories for me, right after we bought our first property, we renovated it probably over a six week period. I had it up and running and maybe my third or fourth booking, I had gotten advice like Ian and I were talking about. I had talked to a lot of different other hosts. I had invested in books and programs and mentors and all these different things. So I had a, a, a good amount of systems in place. Um, and I got a request from <clears throat> a group of six college kids that wanted to stay at my place for one night because they were on a ski trip. They were skiing. They were basically going to be there from like nine or 10 o'clock at night to like eight in the morning for one night because they were en route to further up in New Hampshire. And initially I was like, I don't know. Like my gut was saying, just don't take it. But I was a new host. I wanted to get super host. I was looking for bookings. So I said, okay, fine. It was like a midweek booking in February or March. So it's really quiet up there. Like that's kind of our slow season. I knew most of the neighbors weren't going to be there during the week. It's usually a vacation community heavy on the weekends. I'm like, what's the worst that could happen, right? They're going to be there for like 10 hours. So I accepted the booking. Uh, when they got to the property, I'm looking at my security cameras and I see him bringing in, you know, a bunch of 30 racks. There's only six of them. Like there's not a party. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And I see him like kind of being loud on the camera walking in. I'm like, all right, whatever. And they're in the property for a little while. And my noise aware is like pinging through the roof, right? It's like texting me like, hey, these guys are making a ton of noise. And I'm like, whatever, like nobody's up there. I'm sure it's fine. Like, just let it roll. Don't want to like piss them off. I want to get a good review because I'm a new host or whatever. Mm -hmm. So next morning I can see on my locks that they check out and they leave. And I see that they leave the door open and it's the middle of a snowstorm and they never go back and close the door. So I'm like, this is going to be good. So my cleaner, my cleaner gets to the property. I'm like, Hey, I'm texting her when she's on her way over there. I'm like, Hey, just so you know, the door, they left the door open like a bunch of idiots figured that they were just hung over or whatever. And she gets in there and she texts me. She's like, this isn't good. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? She's like, she's like, well, they clearly got a little rowdy. She's like, there's, you know, stained like sticky floors everywhere. They spilt beer everywhere. There was like beer all over the walls. There was urine all over the floor in the bathroom. Oh, they man. like ripped the ladder off the bunk bed and oh you know, I was, I was pissed, right? Because I had just spent like 30 grand furnishing and renovating this place. And I was like, these friggin' assholes just came oh, in and just trashed man. my place. Now, long story short, it was only really a little bit of extra cleaning fees, a couple hours worth of extra cleaning and, you know, fixing the, the bracket for the ladder for the bunk bed. And it was done. Right. And then it was just a lot of extra cleaning. But it was more like my ego and my pride that was like really hurt. But more than anything, I was just pissed at myself because I had ignored all of the systems that I had put in place, right? Like from the guest screenings where I'm like, I don't serve college kids. Like that's just not who I'm targeting at all. Yeah. But I made that exception. I saw him on the ring coming in looking a little rowdy. Yeah. Second red flag. Yeah. 
my noise aware is texting me like every 10 minutes that like they're making an obscene amount of noise in your property. So like all of the red flags were going off and I just ignored them. Right. So long story short, you have these systems that you built and put in place for a reason. As Holly said, be ruthless with your criteria and your systems and just don't make exceptions. Mm -hmm. And that was a, a hard lesson that I learned. Okay. And I didn't do that for a long time. It was like, no, this is it. This is it. This is it. Now, the, the last story I want to leave you with, because this one was a doozy. <clears throat> this, didn't, this happened in February yeah, of this year. <laughs> so about nine months ago, right? So this, this isn't that long ago. Like I had been operating for years at this point. And we had a, a new listing, beautifully brand new built, new construction, just finished furnishing it in January had uh, somebody request for, I think two or three people for one of our three bedroom units. He had five, uh, excuse me, he had 10 five-star reviews on Airbnb. All glowing reviews, like great guests. I'm like, perfect. Like, this is just who I want in there. They get the booking, get them into the property. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, cool. At the time I had one VA and uh, a new like part-time person that I was training. And so I was like, okay, like, don't, don't worry about these guys. Like they're going to be fine. They've got great reviews. They, we actually talked to them on the phone. Like they were great on the phone. I was like, this is going to be perfect. And we had a couple other listings with a little more suspect guests that I was like, okay, just keep an eye on the cameras for these guys make sure they get in. Okay. Long story short, uh, I get a call the next day from the chief of police of the local town. And he's like, hi, uh, is this Michael? And I'm like, yes. I'm like, "What's who is this? And he's like, this is officer so-and-so, chief of police with such and such a town. Yeah. And I'm like, hi, you officer. Immediately panic, right? Uh, I, I've what, had shared what's call. going on? And uh, he's like, well, do you know what, what was going on with your property last night? I'm like, um, yeah. I mean, we had, a, we had a couple of rentals. One of them in one side of the duplex was actually a doctor who had been transferred in there to do some, some work in Boston during COVID. And uh, the other one, you know, seemed like a really good guy. We talked to him on the phone. He was like, uh, do you have, do you have security cameras at the property? I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, why? What's going on? He's like, well, uh, we got a complaint from the neighbor in the middle of the night that we kept seeing people going in and out uh, over and over and over again. And I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. I'm like, you know, it's COVID time. I wouldn't imagine people are camping out you know, having people in and out of the property, the noise awares weren't going off because they weren't making a lot of noise. I go back and I check the security camera. Well, long story short, this gentleman was essentially running, I don't know any other word to describe it, but like a whorehouse through my short-term rental property that night. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I went back, looked at the camera. There was probably 25 guys that had gone in they must literally go in, do their thing, and then go out the back door. And then the next one goes in and they just, whoever did this clearly either took over some guy's Airbnb profile or paid this guy off to use his Airbnb profile. This was not like a amateur hour. Like this guy was legit running an operation, just watching this on the video camera. And I was just mortified. Like I was like, I could not believe that I had let this happen. So Long story short, both of those listings got shut down after the owner had just spent shit, probably 35,000 to furnish them. 
And now we couldn't operate short-term rentals in there anymore after that whole incident. And I obviously lost a client, but the lesson of this whole thing is, again, you have the systems in place. So I don't care if that guest is amazing on paper, amazing on the phone. I have my team check the cameras every morning, middle of the day, and before they turn out at night. So they monitor every property multiple times a day as well as the noise aware sensors multiple times a day. Because that one honestly caught me totally blindsided. Like I thought my systems were tight. Our guest screening was in place. Like this guy was going to be the easy one. And then wham, caught me off guard, lost two listings, cost my owner a bunch of money. You know, it was just, it sucked. Like it was a punch in the face. So long story short, have your systems in place, but make sure that you're executing those systems right? Like review the cameras, review, make sure that your noise aware notifications are turned on, make sure that you're doing your guest screening, you know, furnishing properties in a certain way, having all of these things in place and executing on them. Don't let, don't make exceptions. Do not make exceptions. Both times I made exceptions. I got burned both times. Yeah. And don't feel bad. Right. So. I think there is there is a big part of of you learning to be a host that you kind of feel bad about things. Right. You feel bad about being hard on people. But at the same time, you need to remember that. What is your why? You know, you're doing this for your family. You're doing this for your freedom. So you got to you got sometimes you got to be hard on people because you got to protect your business. You know, you got to protect what it is that you're doing. And like Mike said, like that, that, that property, that was his first. That's his his family property. Right. So the fact that somebody just ruins it. And leaves the door open. Ah, that that hurts. You know what I mean? And like the fact that you know that you could have prevented it by just simply doing what you said you were gonna do, right? Makes all the difference. Um, and then I wanted to leave you guys with a current little story that we have going on, which is a a little bit of a mystery. Um, so m- one of my properties, it's it's all combined. It's all in one location. Um, and we've been having somebody that randomly breaks into ground floor units um, and he somehow knows when they're empty and he somehow knows when, when they're clean and he comes in through the windows or the sliders or some other way and just spends one night there. And we know he's there because he uses the bed and he uses the towel and he'll take a shower and he'll use the shampoos. But we call the cops and they're like, until you catch him in action, you want, we can't do anything. Right. So we, we, so what's our solution now? And this is a running problem and and I'll let you guys know on the podcast once we figure out what's going on. Uh, But we invested in more security cameras for the inside because he's, so we have security cameras that we can install when units are empty and they run through the live feed that goes to our maintenance guy. There is on premises. And you'll get notified in case one of those gets triggered. But this is just a spooky thing because we don't know how he's doing it. And that also just encourages us to really gear up even more on our security, right? For this, for the sliding door, installing little extra security systems for the sliding doors, the windows, and everything else that just makes it makes it better. But after 10 years, you like I you think I've seen everything. But the reality is that people, people just find new ways to be, to be kind of sketchy, right? Like the, 
the people that are con artists are never out of ideas, right? There is always a new thing going on. So we need to constantly adjust and learn from our experiences and just try to figure stuff out. And I, to that point, I think the key to success in any business is <clears throat> to constantly evolve. Like if you stay stagnant and you're just complacent with how you're operating, if you don't stay current and constantly evolve and reassess and, you know, brainstorm, how can I improve certain things? You're going to get left behind and things are just going to start slipping through the cracks because the world is changing faster than it ever has. And it sounds kind of cliche, but it is a hundred percent true. I've pivoted and made major shifts in my business probably four times in the last three years, like reconstructing my entire process because I'm constantly trying to optimize and create new efficiencies, improvements around safety, operations, the guest experience, revenue management, all these different things, because I know if I don't do that, I'm going to just start slipping through the cracks. The reason that we outperform every other property in our markets is because we're constantly doing that. We're constantly refining. We're trying to improve every single day. And when you have that mindset, it will set you apart and your listings will stand out and your operations will improve and your guests will have a better experience and you will make more money. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. But never rest on your laurels is, is the point. Yeah. And, and also understand that as uncomfortable as it is, right? Because I, I kind of resist this and we're getting ready to do one probably in the near future, but Mike and I in a, in a reinvention of our systems. And, and just remember that, that you will see a direct benefit with this business. You will see a direct benefits of all of your efforts to your bottom line. May there be time, may there be revenue. So a lot of the times if you have a nine to five, you feel like you go through systems and then there is no direct benefit to you. You just do all this desk work and things like that with your Airbnb business. Anytime you decide to go through a period of growth and implementation of a new system, most likely you'll feel the direct benefits to your bottom line in one way or another. 100%. So it's worth it. Well, I don't have any other stories to share. None that will trump the ones that I've shared already. Yeah. So to, to wrap things up, you know, we wanted to have a little bit, have a little fun today. I thought of it too last minute. I was going to put on my astronaut costume for this and I should have gave E more prep time for him to get a costume, but it is what it is. Happy Halloween, everybody. Lesson case in point is understand that any business that you get into will have ups and downs. What will define your success is how you interpret those. And will you throw in the towel or will you continue to evolve and advance and up your game and always have systems in place? Don't, don't waver from them. You have them there for a reason. So stick to your guns, stand up for yourself, for your properties, for your owners, and you'll be fine. And that's it. So again, guys, make sure that you go and join the free Facebook group. It's totally free. There's a bunch of amazing resources. If you want a free 30-minute training that I put together to kind of break down the different systems, go to strsecrets.com, click on the masterclass. I tried to keep this short and sweet. Everybody's busy. It's 30 minutes. It's really tight, but it walks through how to create systems and leverage technology in your business to automate process from pricing, access, security, 
guest communication, turnovers, all the key components that you need for your business. It's in that training. So check that out at strsecrets.com. And if you really want to fast track your success, if you're looking to scale up and take your business to the next level, book the free 45 minute strategy call with me to learn more about the mastermind. And we'll do a little bit of coaching to help you get to the next level on that coaching on the strategy call. So that's it for this week, guys. Stay tuned. We got some amazing episodes coming out in the next couple of weeks. Have an amazing, fun, safe Halloween. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.